Welcome to Stirring Words, where health and fitness experts Kim Taylor and Judy Ulrey explore God's wisdom on wellness. Listen in now on their weekly phone conversation. Miss Kimberly. Hello, Judy. What's going on in your world today? Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. <laughs> Let us know, indeed. <laughs> is this, I take it, it's snowing where you are? It is. And it's pretty. Wow. It's pretty. Oh, I bet it's pretty. I bet it's pretty. I bet it is, sister. Well, I'm so grateful that we are here once again. And, you know, you stay warm where you are. And um, for our listeners today, I just want to let you know that we're concluding some beliefs that keep us overweight. And that's the series that we have been covering for the last few weeks. And these are beliefs that I had to confront on my own successful weight loss journey. So, so far we have covered six out of the eight beliefs so far. So if you didn't have an opportunity to hear those, then I recommend going back and listening to the previous sessions in our series, The Beliefs That Keep Us Overweight. So, Sister Judy, I am going to ask you to pray us in, and our focus scripture for today is John 8, verses 31 through 32. So, I'm going to ask you to read that for us, please. Gracious, gracious Father, we come before you, delighted by seasons, delighted by nature, delighted by how you have blessed us in our everyday lives. But in the midst of that, Satan prowls around looking for your children to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I'm so grateful for the experience that you gave my dear, dear friend, Kim Taylor, who heard your voice through your spirit through your strength, changed her ways and was physically and spiritually transformed. But part of that was by the power of your word, defeating Satan's lies. So be with us once again, stir up our listeners that they might be not just hearers of your word, but doers. For we ask it in the name and the power of Jesus, our one and only Savior. Amen, my sister. Amen. Great scripture, John 8, 31 and 32. I'm not sure why all of us shouldn't memorize it because it reads, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If, big word, Kimberly, two, word, two letters, big, big. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8, 31 and 32. Amen, sister. And we talked about this last week, that freedom is conditional, according to this scripture, because we saw Jesus' use of the word if. And sister, you are so right. 
I-F, just two letters, one little word, but has big implications because if means that we have a choice as to whether we want to do it or whether we don't want to do it. And Jesus said the outcome, if we abide in his word, he says that we are his disciples indeed. We will know the truth and the truth shall make us free. And Jesus, he wasn't just talking about head knowledge, intellectual knowledge. He was talking about heart conviction that inspires us to live in God's word, to abide. That's what the word abide means. It means to live in, not just a passing visit. So our prayer is that these words from John chapter 8, verse 31 to 32 that they move from your head as intellectual knowledge to your heart, heart conviction, and inspire you to action, to walk it out in obedience to what God's word says. So without further delay, I'm going to tell you about two other beliefs that kept me overweight. Now, these were lies that kept me overweight, which is why it's so important that we identify these lies so that we can replace them with the truth and that truth will make us free. So lie number one, excuse me, number seven for me was that exercise is a pain. And then the final one, which is fat protects me from hurt. And that's excess adipose tissue on my body protecting me from hurt. So let's go ahead and talk about number seven, because that last one is very personal. But this lie is exercise is a pain. And I really cannot wait till my sister Judy here weighs in on that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. But, you know, I know that there are people who do have physical pain or disabilities that it makes exercise challenging to do. And I'm not really talking about that. But in my case, I would tell myself that exercise is a pain in that I don't have enough time and it's a bother to do. But now I'm a big believer in the Teddy Roosevelt quote when it comes to exercise and I apply it to exercise. He didn't intend that, but I apply it to exercise. But his quote was, do what you can with what you have, where you are. So rather than seeing exercise as an interruption in my day right now, I see it as an integration in that I use the time that I have available, even if it's just five to 10 minutes, because I see that those minutes add up by the end of the day. So so what if you don't have 30 minutes or an hour or something like that to devote to exercise? Do you have five minutes where you could march in place during a commercial or something like that? Even that will start to make a difference added up over time. So I choose exercises to find exercises that I actually like because I do like walking. Walking at home is a good series. You can look it up on YouTube with Leslie Sansone. Dancing like Zumba is a lot of fun. I have a weighted hula hoop 
that I can do when, um, like I mentioned, when I'm watching a favorite program or a movie or something like that, I can just grab the hula hoop and it takes me back to childhood. And that's a lot of fun. Or functional movements like push-ups or squats to keep me stronger. And then Pilates, all of these are things that you can integrate into your day. And the point is to redeem the time. Because whether we know it or not, life is happening right now. And if we want to be healthier or stronger as we age, should God grant us the time, then we want to do what we can so that we age healthy and age well. And for those who do have disabilities, then there are many videos on YouTube with chair exercises. So you can even do that to help yourself become healthier and stronger. Or if you have disabilities, if you're able to do water aerobics, that's also great if you have access to a pool or a a pool at a gym, even something like that will help you. Because once again, those ways of moving help to keep our body strong, healthy, fit, and flexible. And that's the important point is that we want movement to be an integration into our day because even those little bitty five-minute sparks will help to increase your energy also. Now, get it? Results are not going to happen by wishing. Now, truly, to be told, I wish they did, but they don't. They happen by working. (laughs) And every little movement counts. And I believe that it's the consistency that is the key because with the consistently, we are building a habit. So Judy, I mentioned I'm looking forward to hearing your feedback on this one, but what are your thoughts about doing what you can with what you have, where you are when it comes to exercising? I thought about dancing with dumbbells. Yes, so ma'am. you tell me, sister. You, you tell about me, dancing sister. with dumbbells, which is at holyhealthclub.com <laughs> on the homepage. Two videos start dancing with dumbbells. So I just have to tell you, Kim, you have such a way with words. I, it seems like every week I'm writing down really well crafted phrases that you use. And I love that you said we need to start seeing, instead of seeing exercise as an interruption in my day, which of course that is the default. Oh, I hate, I'm living life. And then all of a sudden I need to be distracted and interrupted and frustrated by, oh, I hate the exercise, to seeing it as an integration. And you know what that triggered for me, Kim, was the verse that I can't quote the address that challenges us to pray without ceasing. And that is integrating prayer into our days. Now, does that mean we're literally on our knees, face down 24-7? No, of course not. But it also means it's above and beyond kneeling or bowing on Sunday at prayer. I mean, it is a it is an ongoing conversation with God. And so I think it's just a really great comparison to integrating exercise, because like you said, every single minute of movement adds up. I raise my hands and say, look, I started in the fitness business a long time ago, like 85-ish. I was 12, by the way. (laughs) And we 
said we were preaching 30 minutes of exercise three times a day. And now what we are three times a week. And now what we know is more is better is it's really more about frequency than it is duration. So like you said, Kim, if you stand up for five minutes and move and you do that three or four or five times a day, that's actually better than just doing one 30-minute loop around the neighborhood and then you sit for the other 18 hours of your day, right? And so what I like to encourage clients to do is to see every exercise break as a prayer time. It's a reconnection time. It's like, okay, God, yeah, I know we hung out this morning before I went to work, but now I've got a break, a uh, morning break, and I just want to reconnect with you and I'm going to go for a walk and I want I want to listen to you. I want to listen to a sermon. I want to listen to whatever. And I only have five minutes, but that's okay. I just want to reconnect with you, Lord. And then I want to do that at lunch. And one of the things that sends me to the moon is when I think about how the Muslims bow, like literally physically on a mat, face down seven times a day. And so can we not take three or four, five, 10 minute active prayer breaks? I mean, and like you said, it it, it doesn't have to be uh, just going out for a walk, marching in place. Our, our body was made to move. I did all kinds of videos for stretches. You can do right at your desk if you are an office worker or even if you have an old home office to get up and do stretches. It Your body wants to move. And then, of course, that's really why I came up with the idea of dancing with dumbbells and, you know, we joke about it and I th- just think it's the funniest thing and funnest thing ever. But all it is, is getting light dumbbells, literally a pound is fine or baked bean cans or whatever you've got and wave your arms wildly and dance. So what I ch- uh, what I challenge people to do is dance with dumbbells for one song. That's what three, three and a half minutes, four minutes. And so if you dance with dumbbells for three or four songs a day spread out throughout your day, that would add up. Now, I always have to say the caveat that remember, strength training is to be done every other day. So you don't want to dance with dumbbells every day or you're not giving your upper body any break. So dance with dumbbells one day and then you know go for a walk the next. But the point is, Kim, what you said, I think is so wise and also witty. Consider Instead of considering exercise an interruption, consider it as an integration into your day. And again, I add to that as an integration into your day, as an opportunity to reconnect with your heavenly father as you reconnect with your body. Amen. Amen. Wise word, sister. And you know what? As you were speaking, I actually got up from my chair and started doing some squats and marching in place, even as I listen to you. So if our listeners are out there and if they're in a position to do so, I know many listeners who have written to us say they listen to stirring words while they go for a walk. 
But even if you just get up and march in place as you are listening, or if you're in the car, you can maybe do some butt squeezes, you know, or something like that. If you're if you're driving and you can't really do any official exercise or movement, you can just do like some little squeezes for 10 seconds and then release 10 seconds, something like that to redeem the time. Well, and can I throw something in on that note that is really sort of super funny? So I did, um, I think our listeners know, I did a ton of videos. They're at holyhealthclub.com. I'm not sure they're all up there. So I don't know if Go Squat is up there, but, and it was not professionally produced. It was super amateurishly produced, but it's really super funny because I did these videos, uh, squatting like everywhere. Like I'm squatting when I'm brushing my teeth and I'm squatting in front of the ATM and I'm squatting in front of the stove as I'm stirring supper. So, but it is a perfect example of exactly what you're saying. Just integrate it into your days. So for you to just stand up while we're having this conversation, again, if, if you are office people and you have Zoom meetings and you're not standing up during those meetings, you are missing out on a huge opportunity. Okay, go squat. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's absolutely great. And so again, it just it just adds a little energy spark to your day as well when you integrate exercise movement into your day rather than viewing it as an interruption. So Judy, thank you so much for your input on this one. Now, this last lie that I believed it was is very personal. And it's one of those things that I really had to think about. And I know for sure that some of our Take Back Your Temple members have mentioned that they they struggle with this issue simply because they may have had abuse in their past or or some other type of fear of violence. I relate to that. And my lie was um, back then was fat protects me from hurt. And as I mentioned, fat is just simply excess adipose tissue. But it meant so much more to me than just excess um, calorie storage on my body. I saw it as a form of emotional insulation. And the truth is that having excess adipose tissue on my body is not my protector. The truth is that God is my protector. And I remember when I was a teenager of an incident that happened to me, and it was something that really scared me at the time. And I really did not think about how much it impacted me until years later. But at the time, I was 17 years old and I decided it was during the summertime. I remember that. And I decided that I just wanted to go and explore different neighborhoods on foot. So I decided to go out for a walk and I had my little walking stick because, you know, sometimes you run across dogs that were just roaming the neighborhood sometimes. So I had my little walking stick to kind of protect myself. Well, for that particular walk, it was, I, I hadn't done walking in a long time like that. And I decided that I just wanted to go out. Well, on that walk, I got all manner of unwanted male attention walking through the neighborhood with my little walking stick. And um, I got long looks. I got men leaning out of the cars, honking their horn. You know how you see those 
TV shows with like the instruction workers whistling at women or whatever walking by. It was kind of like that. But that incident, it disturbed me. And I got home and I remember getting home and just shaking at the time because it just disturbed me. And I remember saying to myself, I'm not doing that anymore. And I didn't explore the neighborhood like that for many years. Of course, I moved, but it was something that really sparked fear into me and wondering if something was going to happen to me, which thank thank the Lord, it really didn't. It was just, you know, catcalling and stuff like that. But it shook me and it made me wonder, even now, if fear from that incident impacted me to the point where when I was in my 20s and most most of my 30s, I started emotionally eating. As I got heavy, it was almost like I saw myself being invisible and thinking that being overweight made me invisible. So now I realize that I don't have to use excess fat as emotional insulation to protect myself from hurt. And one of the things that I do now and I meditate on the word of God and God has promised to protect me and I secure my emotions in that area with God's word. And God's word tells us in Psalm chapter 61, verse three through four, for you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shadow of your wings. So rather than numbing my emotions to food or thinking somehow that staying overweight is a protective mechanism, then I choose to dwell under the shelter of God's wings, even at my ideal weight, and trust in him to protect me rather than trusting in excess body fat. So, Judy, I am just curious about your thoughts about that, um, because you may have had clients in the past who may have fear, had fears and thought somehow that staying overweight was safer than releasing the excess weight. So I want to ask you, what are your thoughts about the role of fear in keeping someone from pursuing their health goals? You know, Kim, first of all, I want to say, I know that I know that we have listeners who have had abuse in their past and have a tendency to have this false belief that I'm safer if I'm heavier. And this might be an entire session. And I think we could welcome input from our listeners. But I would simply say at this point, we are, Kim and I, are obviously very sorry if any of our listeners had that experience. And what we also know is that God uses even heartache and hardship for good and for transformation. And part of that is, as one like Kim has uh, bowed to the Holy Spirit and experienced transformation, then you are in a better place to help someone else. So I just lay that foundation of it is tragic if any of our listeners have any kind of a 
um, horrible negative experience that took them to fear that made them think, let me just stay heavy because I'm safer. But at the same time, God calls us. God does not call us to a spirit of fear. And Second Timothy 1.7 says, but he calls us to a spirit of power and love, meaning also self-love and self-control. And so this whole issue of self-control that Kim and I talk about a lot when it comes to our eating and getting out and exercise and all that, God calls us to that as well, but also to a spirit of, fa- of power and love and self-control. So when we think about fear, fear is concerned about some kind of negative repercussion. And certainly what we've just been discussing is very weighty. We also can carry fears that are really far less significant, if I might be so bold as to say that. For example, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, you know what, I started a diet, but I'm not going to tell anyone just in case I don't keep it. So talk about self-sabotage, talk about focusing on your strength versus God's calling and putting it right out there. Oh, just in case. Well, then guess what happens? But I think there's also a fear of disrupting the current order of things. And, and I get that. Like, okay, if I change my, because what we know, and Kim, you and I, this is another session we really need to have, is is the environmental changes that must happen. And you've touched on it before, but I'm thinking more in terms of how will my relationships be impacted? I mean, you did a session, I mean, it was just, what, a couple of weeks ago where one of the lies was, I don't want to eat healthfully because I don't want to make anybody anybody else feel bad. But part of the fear of changing your habits is, well, what if my family doesn't want to change? Or what about my friends? What about my social circle? You know, this is what we do. We go out for pie and ice cream or, you know, whatever it is, or we play bunko and just have lots of snacks that aren't particularly healthy. So it's the fear of change. It's fear of change. And here's another truth that is unfortunate, but true. Others can sometimes doubt you, demean you, and offer destructive comments to you. And why? You know, I would contend because they feel guilty. They know they need to be changing their habits as well. But I saw this in the corporate wellness thing all the time. Oh, come on. We're going out for lunch. Come with us. Come with us. And it's hard to not succumb to social pressure. And I understand the fear of change when it when it involves your relationships with other people. But I have one final comment that's a little bit a little bit of an owie, and I'm not going to delve into it, but I think I'm going to delve into it in a session in a series later. But any of you who've read Sprinkle Clean know one of my gurus is David Powlison. He talks about idols of the heart. And what he says is anything that rules you, an idol of the heart is anything that rules you other than God and God's guidance. And so when we put others' acceptance or others' opinions, or even relationships with others above God's commands, I hate to say it, that's an idol of the heart. 
And so the bottom line is, is what you have said, Kim, John 8, 31. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples. It, God's word obliterates fear. You can't be in God's word and filled with fear. I mean, it may not, it's not going to happen overnight, especially if it's something really hurtful, but God's word heals fear. So I really want our listeners to pray Psalm 61 verses three and four, and I want them personalize it, pray it. Lord, you are my shelter. You are my protection from emotional storms. You are my strong tower. You are my shield. And you are my shield from the enemy, which is anyone or anything that's trying to distract you from God's best path. I will trust you. Amen, sister. And now those are such powerful words. And one thing that I am grateful for is in Jesus, we do have a compassionate high priest. And he went through so much when he lived on this earth. He had pe- people who beat him, who lied on him, who just did all these horrific things to him. And he is compassionate and he comforts us in our tribulation. There's a promise in Second Corinthians chapter one, verse four. And it says he comforts us in all of our all of our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So we need his comfort, whatever situations that we have faced in our past and what we are facing in the in the present and future. We need God's comfort and and it's up to us to. Open up our hearts and say, Lord, you know, this really hurt. I'm scared. I'm, and I need your comfort. I need your peace. I need your courage right now to allow you to heal me from the inside out from what happened to me. Um, and I thank you, Lord, that you are here, that you've promised that you'll never leave me, that you'll never forsake me. And as for what Judy said about people who are saying that they're they don't want to tell anybody about their health goals just in case, I say you need to get rid of that case <laughs> and just just say, get rid of that case. You need to throw that case away. You need to get rid of that case. Yes. Yeah, we need to get rid of that case and just trust in the Lord day by day. And it's not an all or nothing proposition. If we make a mistake, we learn from it. I say, keep it moving. And that's K-I-M. Okay, we learn from those mistakes because life does not stop when we make mistakes. It just keeps on going. We learn the lesson and we keep on going, too. So let me go ahead and just close us out with our action invitation for this week. Because we are still examining beliefs that we've had. Um, I've given you some things that I believed in, but I want you to take some time today to examine your own belief systems and question them and ask yourself, is this belief true? That's something simple. The Holy Spirit is meant to guide us into all truth. So ask yourself, is this belief true? Does it serve me? Because remember, we talked about this early on in the series, and it was Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. And the scripture was read, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And the scriptures also tell us that life issues arise from the heart. So ask the Lord in prayer to reveal truth 
in all of these matters. And I will say that if you need counseling in this area, then don't be afraid to seek out a Christian counselor who can help you to reframe your past and help you to begin to face it with God's help so that you can move forward. So, Judy, do you have any final comments to make before we close out in prayer? Yes, if you abide in his word, you are his disciple indeed. Thank you. Thank you, my sister. So true. So true. So let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, in Jesus's mighty name, Lord, we thank you for your truth that transforms. You said we would know the truth if we abide in your word and that truth will make us free, which means the converse is that lies keep us in bondage. And over these last few episodes, we've talked about the lies of the enemy, and it is important that we get rid of those lies to replace them with the truth so that we can begin to forge that path of freedom, knowing that you are with us every step of the way. Because, Lord, we want to be free to love, free to share the gospel with those who don't know Jesus, free to fulfill the purpose and the plan that you have for our lives. And we cannot do that as long as we are tangled up in a briar patch of lies. So, Lord, open up our spiritual eyes so that we can see those lies that we are believing and replace them with your truth. Your word is truth. So we thank you, Lord. We honor you and we glorify you in Jesus's name. Amen. Amen, sister. Powerful, powerful message. Thank you so much again for just sharing your heart. I mean, it's pretty vulnerable to say, look, I believed in all these lies. So thank you. It's I know every single one of them hit somebody's heart. Yes. And I pray that each person for whom it does resonate, that they will take these to the Lord in prayer and he will open up your spiritual eyes so you can get free because he wants you free more than you want to be free. So trust in him and he'll bring it to pass. So sister, God willing, we will speak next week. Sounds good. Love you big. I love you too, sister. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Stirring Words. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a session. And please tell your friends about us. If you'd like to dig deeper into this week's message, you can reach Kim at TakeBackYourTemple.com and Judy at HolyHealthClub.com. Until next week, may you be stirred by God's transformative word.